Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Social Action Briefing Podcast. I'm Martina Stevenson, the social work student and intern. Tonight, I'm joined by our social work alumni, Nicole Tarangelo. Hello, Nicole. Hello. How are you doing? I'm happy to, to be here. I'm happy that you're here again. You join us, you know, I think before, definitely before. <laughs> I'm happy to have you again. Um, happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. Yeah, and happy His- Women's Histories Month. So I we're continuing our series on, you know, women topics. Um, especially like today, we're be- we're going to be discussing why is it assumed that contra- contraception is a woman's responsibility? Um, should men be equally responsible for birth control? So I, I thought that this would be an important topic, not so much, not to sit here and bash men, but it's more so let's bring awareness to what women are really going through um, when it comes to contraceptives and why it feels like the responsibility is solely on us and how did we even get here, you know? Um, So I'm gonna go a little bit into the history of um, contraception more so in the United States a little bit. I noticed we can date this back to even prior to the 1800s where I found it interesting where um, men, the responsibility basically was a shared responsibility because at those times, men were the, it was more so traditional roles. You had a man and a woman in the household. They were married. The man basically worked, made decisions, and that came along with making decisions of how many children he wanted and how many children he didn't want. So it was like, okay, well, this is my responsibility as well. So it, at that time, I I don't necessarily think it was more a shared decision. I think it was still, if you look at it, it was still more their decision, but they were more interested in the so-called topic of contraception um, at that time it was, it's the weirdest thing. They were using like vinegar, lemon, um, cephalum, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, plant. It's like a really, it's one of like, I guess it was a popular plant that they used um, called cephalum at the time. And then moving into like the 1800s, they were using just condom or just, just withdrawal method really they were continuing the whole withdrawal method <laughs> and then by 1873 you had like the common stock act um which is basically you couldn't use any form of contraception um you had educating people about contraception was like a hush thing you couldn't talk about that you know and if you were it was like behind closed doors oh my goodness, like the secrecy and also just kind of like you better have had to have like a menstrual issue. That's why you're discussing this. So, and then from there, it kind of moved into, well, um, you know, developing like research and science and things like that around contraception. So they saw 
more so um a value in it when it came to oh how much money they can make off of it and then using i guess more feminine products and things like that but it suddenly changed from from that point on it just the focus was simply on women oh let's make this more about women because we're making money off of them and i feel like that's where the switch happened where men thought okay at this point that's not my responsibility anymore and then of course you're moving towards the 1900s um somewhere along the line you know of course you're talking about margaret stagger um the woman who developed planned parenthood and you know the contraception pills and the pill the martin pill and then we just kind of lost it from there where men is like that's not my responsibility that's their responsibility they want all this women rights <laughs> you know um it's their body and all this thing i feel like that's that was their mindset it was just like oh this is totally on you at this point but there's so much that comes with that and here we are yeah okay we're taking care of our bodies we're taking this autonomy but then the agony emotional you know just mental physically i'm just like like as a woman i'm just tired of the different yeah. types of contraception yeah like methods that i've used over the years and i'm just like what the heck is this this is the side effects and the men only effects. have two yeah and men only have two options condoms yeah. or vasectomy that's it or you can do you could be abstinent that's it right and I feel like really what the shift is like, yes, in part where it's like, this is a, it's like, this was a solution to this like long standing problem, right? Like if you didn't want to have a baby, how are we going to avoid that? I still want to have sex. I still want to do the act. I'm not sure I want to make a baby though. They make this pill and they market it as like one, like they're making money off of it. This is like a full 99.9% .9 effective. Then it's like set it and forget it for men. And that's where it's like the way that we talk about it too. And the way that it's always been talked about, like think about it when you were in school. Right. It was always like to a to a girl, it was like, don't get pregnant, like don't yeah. have sex and don't get pregnant. And then with like men and like boys, it was like, don't get women pregnant. And they kind of separated it like it's two separate responsibilities when in yeah. reality, like it's the shared role. And like it sounds like cliche to say, but like it takes two to do the act. Yeah. And it takes two to kind of make a decision. I have like especially working with teenagers I think that sometimes when I'm talking to them about these types of things where it's like well if you're not comfortable enough to ask them certain questions and have hard conversations with the person that you're going to be sleeping with you need to ask yourself is this the person I should be sleeping with right like yeah. I think that if it was more talked about like in school right like even in health I think that it's absurd like we live in a still in the United States like in I think like 20 to 30 states your parents can like opt out of a health education and like sex ed mm -hmm. so there's like I remember going to North Carolina for the first time when I was going to school undergrad and I met people and their parents had never talked to them about sex their parents had never talked to them about birth control their parents have always just um that been, example like, don't have sex yeah like don't and it's it creates this like one like stigma like 
can I talk about this? Like, mm-hmm. can I, is this like a normal thing to be like sitting at my front sitting at the table and like my friend's just like taking her birth control? Like, I think that that's like such a big part of it. It's like, there's been that separation was created. It's been kept separate. And, mm-hmm. and because of the way that it was marketed only as like, this is birth control. Cause there are benefits to the pill. Like there mm-hmm. are women who take the pill and get like benefits from it. Like with their cycle, with their acne, with just a lot of things. Their like, mood. What is it? Yeah. Their mood. It's it like, could go either way. It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. So it's like, yes. there are women who take it and they've been on it since they were 11 years old before they were from the time they hit puberty. And it's never been about, birth control for them like it's been about like my body and regulating the hormones in my body mm-hmm. and the other end of it too is like we are the first generation really like that has been on birth control for a long period of time for and I know that my sister when she had her baby she had an incredibly tough pregnancy I know that her friends it's like conversations are happening about the link between like taking like long, long-term birth control and then what that does to your fertility and what that does to your just like womb in general, I guess, like it creates like a hostile environment. And it's, it's very, very interesting because I think that if we take control over like the conversation, right. And we take, we talk about like the different options and we talk about like the implications of taking birth control and how it's not just to prevent pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And we really like look at our fucking options too, right? Like we're looking right. at our options. None of them are fun. None of them are good. Nope. And none of them are, none of them are truly a hundred percent effective either. Exactly. Exactly. Because I, I know, you know, a little bit before this, we, you know, we started, we were basically talking about our options of the <laughs> IUD and I'm like, oh my goodness, I, this is miserable, you know, but there's still that 1% chance, even though they say 99%, you can't get pregnant, uh, you know, with this in, but there's still that 1%, you know. And that 1% carries so much risk. Oh, yeah. Like, there's jokes on the internet, where like, oh, I'm going to give birth to my baby, and it's going to be holding my IUD. Like, ha ha, yeah, funny. And there are people who have had, like, gotten pregnant with IUDs and have had very healthy pregnancies. But there are also people who, like, it has caused, like, a long-term birth defect or they lost the baby or because of the placement of the IUD, the, it was an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. In the fallopian tube. That's not good. Yeah. It's not, it's not good. It's not fun. None of it is fun. (laughs) I think, I think like you said, um, it's so important to have this conversation and even, you know, before, you know, like I mentioned, I said, you know, I don't want this to be seem like a bashing, you know, mm-hmm. we're bashing men. It's more so an educational uh, conversation and yeah. just be aware what's happening. And let's kind of promote the to, to have the conversation more between mm-hmm. the two, you know, the two gender so, or whoever it is at this point, it's right. like anybody, everybody should be having this conversation at this point. Um, but it's more, it, the conversation seems to be had or assume more so, you know, of course, for heterosexual relationships, because mm-hmm. a lot of the articles I came across or studies I came across, they were mainly looking at heterosexual um, relationships. But I think truthfully, anybody could be having this conversation because it's so important. 
it, it's a health issue. It becomes a health issue. It becomes a human rights issue, a women's issue, everybody's issue pretty much at yeah. this point, you know? Um, so that's why I thought this conversation is so needed and so important. Um, I don't know if you took a look at like, there was there was um the YouTube clip where yeah it's titled um and you know just in case anybody wants to I guess take a look at it out there it's called um let me see it's on as it's the as is channel on YouTube and the title was men take birth control pills for a month where they basically did an experiment it wasn't birth control pills it was a tic tac right. really and they were taking this for like twenty one days. And there were certain rules around it where they had to take it at the same time as if you were taking the pills. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, by the time they got to the third day, they were like, oh, hell, this is this is right. nonsense, you know, or the 15th day they, you know, they quit. It, that was so interesting to me. And they were taking it was Tic Tac, right? Yeah, so it was like Tic Tac without were... side effects. They were laying it all like three days, 15 days in. They were like, I'm done with this this sucks when in reality it's like that is every day like every month you have to go pick up your birth control prescription and then you have to go every three months so you can mm -hmm. get your refill and you have to take it at the same time every day and like if you get sick and you let's say you get strep throat and you're taking amoxicillin well that's gonna that antibiotic is gonna cancel out your birth control so you mm -hmm. have to be careful and like if you miss your pill and like or like all of that without the like actual like chemical hormonal Most. aspect of it exactly and that's where it's like no we're not bashing men being like oh my god they have it so easy like this is a this is a ridiculous it's yeah i mean it is ridiculous but it's more so that like the the steps and the hoops that you have to to go through as a woman to even prevent pregnancy yeah. in total and the way that men kind of were like i found it really interesting and i was like laughing to myself while i was watching it where it's like well, ba like babies, like respectfully, it's you're taking a Tic Tac, you have to take a pill every single day. Like, yeah. uh, like as some, like I thought that was like so interesting. It's just the inconvenience. Like the one guy who was like, oh, like I just woke up and I wanted to get birth control, but my birth yep. control's in my car. It's like, how about, have you lost your birth control? Have you ever lost an entire birth control? Oh my goodness. It's expensive. It's expensive. It's expensive. <laughs> yes. I lost so many birth control. When I was on the pill, I was like traveling back and forth and I would leave a birth control at my long distance boyfriend and I'd have to my, call my mom like frantic, like freaking out. She'd then have to go to CVS and they'd be like, so they, your insurance company isn't going to cover this. Mm -hmm. So it's going to cost this much. Yeah. And I know for a while I was really inconsistent with taking my birth Yeah. But, but, but yeah, like, even it's, like it, it's crazy. <laughs> it's the, we could just go on for for hours. Literally. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's like so wild. And I think too, and this is what I've always said, like in the conversation of like, like women are on birth control, so you can't get a girl pregnant. So like F a condom, hit it raw. It's like, here's the thing though, buddy. Here's the thing. And I really think that it's, it's a really interesting parallel because condoms don't only prevent against pregnancy. They prevent against STDs, right? And it's yeah. interesting in the idea of like, a lot of men who have STDs don't have symptoms, yeah. but women 
will more likely than not have symptoms, yeah. have symptoms and have to carry that burden. So it's it's just really interesting when you're talking about like these like really like and we're talking about it in the sense of like cis straight white men like not white men but like cis straight men and women mm-hmm. who are like in relationships and it's always like it always that it's not reciprocal always like you're when you have sex with somebody like that it's it, it's either you're gonna get pregnant you can get an std and the guy in the back of his head is like she is on birth control i can do it i can relax I can whatever i can relax like this yeah. i'm not gonna get a call in a couple of weeks uh, oh i'm pregnant they're gonna get a call in a couple of weeks where the girl's like hi so she's like a gynecologist and xyz or like even with hpv there is a shot for both men and women. Mm-hmm. There's only a test for eight, for women for HPV, yet men are the ones who carry the virus. So I think that it's this created divide. Yeah. And I, it goes back to the way that we teach our children, like our young, our young kids. The thing is like always, think about address codes in schools. For what, girls, it's always like, don't show your shoulder don't show your tummy like you're gonna distract people and I know again like we're not like bashing men but they get they have it really really easy and a lot of the times people the people who are making decisions about what we want to do with our body are not people who are in touch with our reality right like it's that thing that they say like when it's a congressman a congressman's mistress will always be able to get an abortion Mm. They will, because if they have the money, you can go get it. But they don't, it trickles, trickle down. It's not trickling down, trickle down. It's still not trickling down. It's it's really like, and that's where I get really like frustrated. But I look at it as like, okay, like women have, you know, over the years, like really taking control of the narrative, right? Like if right. you think about all this conversation, like with the banning of abortions and like, it's a real thing. Like there's a lot of states in our, like that women cannot get abortions. And the way that people have like rallied together to kind of like fight that, like one of my favorite accounts on Instagram and in life is shout your abortion, right? And they work like nationwide. So I'm like normalize the conversation of abortion. And listen, I don't think that there's any woman, truthfully, that use that there's this narrative where it's like abortion is contraception. It's it's not. It's a choice it's that not. a woman wants it's to a make. Choice. Yeah. It's, nobody's using. Nobody's just using them as birth control. But it's again that like knowledge, that knowledge piece mm-hmm. that's like missing, and that's where it gets so frustrating. And that's where like watching all of this happen, it's like I don't think that a woman should have to ever justify they. I, why they want to get an abortion it's either you don't want to have a baby you can't afford a baby you don't like the guy that, you ha- that you're having the kid. like I do not give a shit like if you don't want to have that kid don't have that kid and it's like almost like I'm saying with two sides of my face because I'm one I'm like it is the completely the woman's choice and like the men do not get a say and like it is what it is and it's hard I know that there were some men and like there was people that I've met and encountered in college and stuff where you know, former girlfriends of theirs have had to get an abortion and they were like devastated by it. But at the end of the day, like they're not the one that, that has to carry that child. They're not the one that could potentially die. They, like the United States has the high, like one of the highest, highest mortality rates. Yeah. 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 Of mothers giving birth and yeah. dying during pregnancy. It's not the 1700s, it's 2023. So yeah. we've taken this pill 
and we've made it the cure-all and behind this tiny little pill or the tiny little implant or whatever it is there's a shit ton of problems and so what i wonder is like how does that conversation like actually change is it you know really detailing like what women have to go through like that buzzfeed video is it mm-hmm. talking to i don't give a shit if you're a man and you got uncomfortable and i'm talking about my how badly it hurt when i got my iud okay i don't like they, <laughs> yeah. they don't give you any pain medication they don't give oh you no local anesthetic they just say like scooch put them up and scooch down and then yeah. they, they literally insert a boomerang inside of you and then your like sexual partner is like oh yeah you have an iud and it's like yeah I have an IUD or there's just so much and it's so and it's still so inaccessible too. And that's also what like boggles my mind. Yeah. Because if you could just go, if birth control was over the counter and you could go up to the pharmacist and you say like, I take this every single month and I'm out, can you refill it for me? And it was like capped at like, I don't know, 20 bucks. Yeah, because even even when you think about, I guess, the payments, because um, it's expensive. Um, I know for some people where, well, most insurance will pay for your contraceptives. However, the doctor's office has to make their money. You still have a copay, mm-hmm. whether that's $20, $30, $50, whatever it is. If, you, if you're doing this every month for the pill, let's say, that adds up. And mm-hmm. as a woman, and then in addition to that, when you do have your period, you're buying all these feminine products. So I include all of that as part of the expenses and this becomes so expensive. So this is where some women, you know, they'll argue, well, if they're in a committed relationship, then, you know, maybe the guy should, you know, yeah. share the expenses of, you know, paying mm-hmm. the copay or, you know, buying the tampons, buying the pads. Yeah. You know, I guess if you have that guy, yeah. Right. You know, they'll share the expenses, but let's be realistic. The expenses fall on us as a woman. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, even they have not done any kind of like significant advancements in the Mm -hmm. tools they use at the gynecologist's office. Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm back in in the early 1900s or 1800s. I'm like, what is this? They crank you open (laughs) and you're just like, it's the most, while this person is like asking you about how's your life? Like, what are you doing? And you're like, you're going to feel a bit of pressure. And it's like, I can't breathe. I, I actually can't breathe. And so, and you know, like, I think that like, yeah, on one hand, it would be like real nice if everybody had like a a partner and a man that could, that could yield these costs, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't work out like that. It never works out like that because the gynecologist in general, anything like that, like they make their, they have to make their money. Insurance companies have to make their money. So they're like, I know too, like you got, when you go for your yearly exam, like that's covered by your, it's usually covered by insurance, but if you get an abnormal path or you need additional testing or anything like that, your, that copay is huge. And I will tell you without insurance, if I didn't have my insurance when I got my IUD put in, it would have cost me $5,334 to not get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And even when, let's say you have it in, let's say for the three years, five years, whatever years, and you say, 
God forbid you don't have insurance to remove it, you're screwed. <laughs> and like, truthfully, it functions the same way in my brain as a tampon. Yeah. Or like, you know, when the gynecologist is like, when you're like done, they're like, okay, like, you know, periodically check your, the strings. And I'm not doing that. I've never done that. I've never, me neither. I would get, I would get, I would, there are times when I get a really bad cramp and I will, I don't think I can actually feel it, but in my brain, I will like feel it. Like I'll just feel it there sometimes. And I think it's more psych. I truly think it's more psychosomatic, but I think that if like, I think that like, for the girlies who are having people like having sex with the same consistent person, whether it's a relationship, a side piece, whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> I think that it should be treated like bills, right? Mm-hmm. Like you split the bills every month, you split your, you split the grocery bill. Okay. Like even because I think that it's not a universal experience, but a lot of girls will understand this where like you had to take plan B and you had to go to the goddamn grocery, the CVS or whatever, and you mm-hmm. had to ring the bell because it's not, it's like, yeah, somebody it's has to come and give it to you. Yeah. And then <laughs> you have to, they're like $50. And like, I remember a few times I had to buy Plan B. I was broke as shit. $50 was like, a, it was a setback. Mm-hmm. Can't exactly call my parents, hey guys, I need Plan B. And I remember my an ex-boyfriend of mine refused to pay for it. They thought it was the most ridiculous thing that I was asking. And I was like, but you were, you took part in it, right? And I think that that's where yeah. it's like, that's the thing. Like, you are taking part in it with, the with like, it's reciprocal in that way. Right. If we have a kid, the kid is half mine, half yours. So how do you, we take the, like, conversation and, like, take it off of just women. Women, and I, yeah. It's, it's just so everything is the woman's burden to bear and if you think about it too because women are still to this day to this day expected to stay home and with their kids yeah. and raise their kids and oh like child care is so inaccessible and child care is so expensive and then we'd like really really shame mothers who do go back to work my sister was out of she basically took she was really fortunate she worked for legal aid so they gave her like a nice maternity package and she was able to use all her sick time she went back to work and I think that the pressure that she felt to like from society where she's like oh you're going back to this really high stress high demand job like she's a housing attorney in Staten Island mm-hmm. and she goes home and she's a mother to my beautiful little niece I love Aww. her so much but they she always it's she always says she's like it's really different than when like mom when mom was raising us, she got to stay home with us. She got to see all of these big moments, see all of these big things. Mm-hmm. And dad always goes to work. Dad is always the first one back to work. Like my sister's husband went back to work first. And she rem- she felt for a lot of it where she was even carrying that like burden of like raising the fucking kid, like of the newborn. And not in like a way where it was like, he was just back at work with her. So he was right. gone from a certain amount of time. She's with this newborn baby all day. And I think that it really speaks to, again, like, our birth control can make us really depressed and yeah. our pregnancy hormones can make you really depressed. Mm-hmm. And then you can postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis. Like people aren't talking about it enough, but that's some things that I think I used to PMS so badly and it would uh, like mood swings. Like I remember I was on a specific type of birth control and it made me a monster. 
I was crying all the time. And if I wasn't crying, I was snapping at somebody. And it was like terrible. And I went to my gynecologist and I was like, I, I think that it has to be my birth control. And this happened to have been a new gynecologist. And she was like, I don't know why anybody would have put you on that. Because it literally is like known to like do that to people. And like we know birth control does these things to women. We know that it it takes a toll on their body. Right. And I really truthfully really think that the only people only like men, and again, I'm not generalizing and I'm not shitting on men, but I really <laughs> think it like you get married and you live with somebody and like you're with a woman and you really like see it every single day, or boys who have sisters. Yeah. Boys who have sisters get it because I know my little brother, he's just like, he grew up with a house full of girls and he just like, he got it when it was never like the weird thing. He has girls he, when he's had girlfriends, he's always been like, really like, oh, so you have your period. Like, okay. Like, oh, you're like, and not in a disrespectful way. Right. Because yeah. then there's a disrespect where it's like, oh, you're PMSing me. You must have your period. Well, Ooh. see, that's what, that's what sometimes I'm often um like. I'm afraid of, or I, I've witnessed, you know, where we're going through all these hormonal issues or um, mental breaks, I call them pretty much. It's almost <laughs> like you're going crazy. Yeah. It feels you know, like and, and you have men who are just not empathetic or understanding. They're just like, you're being a bitch or, you know, you're mm-hmm. complaining. And even us having this conversation, I'm sure there's possibly that man out there who's going to be like, oh, they're just sitting here bitching. And I'm just like, right. no, I'm re- we're really trying to have you understand what is happening to us emotionally and physically right. and why this is so important. It should be a shared responsibility. Seriously. Yeah, like, you know? I think like, especially as social workers, right? Like we meet people where we're at, where they're mm-hmm. at. And so I think that, in this conversation, we're really just trying to show like, it's not just like preventing pregnancy. And it's not just um, like, a oh, if women, if, if women should do it, men should do it too. It, it's not, it's not that it's no. like, the things that you go through as a woman in general, in your day to day life, right? Like, it's my friend when the when Roe vs. Wade got um, overturned, she made these t shirts. Mm-hmm. Second class citizen. And mm. I think that it was, was like one of those things because it really felt like, okay, like we really, like men are always have, have always been telling a woman what they can and can't do with their body. And then you think yeah. about it, like any female who works in like a male dominated space who are, who goes into these male dominated spaces, no, like your comment, people will comment on your appearance. They'll tell you to smile. They'll tell you they don't like your face. They'll tell you, all of this, all of this, you get labeled. Mm-hmm. And then on the end, but we're, we're really like carrying the burden of these stereotypes. And like, I, women are like strong as fuck. Like I'm so Seriously. amazed by them every single day. I think that I never had, I never understood even like childbirth and everything that ha- they don't tell you about it because then you would never do it. Like that is how I feel. Like, my sister was pregnant. My sister almost died. Like, and that's like, it's hard to talk about. And she is very, like, I think that she's a person who it took her even like a really long time to realize it happened. But like, she had preeclampsia when she was I had the same. That's scary. Terrifying. And she continued to go to the doctor. She continued to go to the ER because she knew something was not right. Like she knew in her body, something was right. And it was like a revolving door. You're fine or come back for labs, you're fine. The day that my sister went into labor, 
she had to get an emergency C-section. Her, the baby was dying. My sister was dying. Her, when they opened her up, the placenta was like almost dead. Wow. Sorry to hear and that. They ignored these, the doctors ignored all of her complaints. And mm -hmm. I think that it's like, and I will just like for a moment too, like she went to one of the best hospitals for high risk pregnancy. She has good insurance. She is like an affluent, she's a fucking white woman. Like, let me just like say that. Like, this was, these are the things that, that happen to us every single day. Every mm -hmm. single day, there is a woman that goes into have birth and you don't, she doesn't know if she's going to come out. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I know something that my sister always said too. It's me. Like, it's, and we love, we love Josette. We love, 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 love. We're so happy she's here. So happy she's healthy. But if it came down to my sister or the baby at that time, my sister was like, me, pick me. I can make another baby. And women, and when women say that, men, like anybody, even women, other women too, but men usually are like, how could you say that? How yeah, you you're selfish. That? Yeah. It's like, how could you suggest that I die? Yeah. How could, for me, a person who's lived an entire life, like, yes, it, it would obviously be devastating. And it would be so upsetting. It's so upsetting when any lo lo life is lost. Right. But like, I can't make it make sense in my brain. And that's what's so difficult. And I think that that's what we with special with any of these issues that women face. Right. Like, it's always the loudest voices in their room aren't the ones that are living it. And so I think that if you're a man and you like want to try to do better, you want to try to understand or you just like want to like put yourself in a space to like listen that's the best thing that you can do. Like listen to women when they tell you that being on birth control sucks and like listen to them, hear their experience and yeah. figure out what you can do to like make it better. Like I, I pulling out, like it's, it's not a hundred percent effective, but like, if you like, I think that if it's like a team effort, right? Like, like I said, I have friends, the only, my, only people that I know that are like, who, oh, I love the birth control method are the people who've gone for like the natural, like tracking their cycle and like taking their, and like tracking their ovulation, all of that. Those people are so type A that I could just could never keep up with it. But seriously, <laughs> yeah, but I give them a I lot of credit that. and I know that their partners are also in that with them. Yeah. And I think that if you look at it, any sexual encounter you don't need to be in a long-term relationship you don't need to even like the person that much but you need there needs to be an understanding of like hey these are the scientific outcomes that could happen here okay yeah. we could make a baby so how are we going to prevent that because i don't want to kiss and i think that also i think that if a woman and at any age says they don't want to have children and you come back at them and you're like I don't know like that might change over the years don't say that I yeah. think that I've had that too I've had people do that to me where I was like I don't want to have kids I change my mind all the time but like and it's okay so, to change your mind it's okay to change your mind and the reality is though is like you don't know why somebody's saying that you don't know why someone's like I don't know if I want to have kids maybe they fucking can't so maybe don't turn around and be like, you're going to change your mind. And it's like, it's so rude. And that's the thing where we're always constantly telling women how so they should feel and what should they think. And so it's like, if, if you want to just like open a space for like a new way of life, it's like, listen, 
listen because I think like again like a social work thing it's like lived experience bro mm-hmm. lived experience you look at the, those guys that took the tiktoks and were like hyperventilating oh my okay? goodness that tells yeah. you all you need to know yeah and it's like and it comes back again to like if you're a teacher right? if you're a health teacher don't just teach about birth control like don't just teach like these are your birth control methods like a condom and Every single yeah, the gaggle of birth control pills and c- contraptions. Teach about teach. I think that it's like also like having sex, and I don't think it's really like it's kind of like old school. I don't even know it's fucking old school, but like having sex is like almost like a responsibility, right? It's like right. Yes, teach it as a a viewpoint of taking responsibility. Yes, for and both. taking accountability. <laughs> yes, if like. You're going to do it. You're going to, no, I'm not going to tell you not to do it because I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm not, I think that anyone who's like, don't have sex kids and they think they're doing something, I think that they like need help. But if you're honest with them and you're just like, listen, like, I know that this is something that's going to come up in your life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to create a space where you want to feel comfortable to like ask questions and like come to me if something ever happens. And two, they like, you know what you're getting into and like stop that. I remember in elementary school, they used to separate us for the birds and the bees conversation. Yes. I remember that the girls. girls Yes. It was never together. Keep them all in one room. Keep them all in one room because guess what? One day the elementary school class, then they get older and they're high school, they're going to be talking to each other. So they should all learn about it together. That's a really (laughs) weird thought. But like, if you think about it, really, because you don't, what the hell? I would love for the men who have went who went into those cl- the boy classrooms to speak up on what was said in there because I know what was said in the women's or the girls where it's like periods and, and cramps and this and that and STDs and blah blah blah, blah. it was like a, I remember just feeling like I remember leaving school on those days and being like that sounds scary I don't <laughs> want to do that yeah yeah um but you know what i you know like at this point 2023 is like why isn't there a man pill which it you know from the articles like we read it shows that they've been trying but are they really trying hard enough i know there was some mention about oh you know the way men um because the the sperm count is like so much then it's like if we had to make this pill then it, it would be, be a, hard it would be hard it wouldn't be effective and i'm like oh so this is why it's much easier for the women because you're all basically you're focusing on the one egg and i'm like wait a minute you can make this happen I, i'm sure you can make it happen if you just took more time or even have us women in the room when you're having these discussions right. because oftentimes there's more male men researchers and scientists mm-hmm. Who are in the room or even politics you know you, you yeah. look at congress you see all these men are making decisions for about, women this is the thing sorry my cat was scratching the couch but here's the thing a woman can only get pregnant once every nine months yes <laughs> a man can get as he could just spread his seed all over and so i think that it could be one of two things one We've scared them. We've been too honest about what it's like to take birth control. And I they're like, think I so. don't want to do that. And they're used to it. So they're thinking like, yo, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we're like, yes. it is so broken. Fix it. Yes. Fix it. 
Yeah. And the other thing is that you can use that same logic of them being like, oh, the sperm count's too high and it'd be too hard to control and da 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 But that same point I just said about how like a woman can only get pregnant once every month. One time. They can they can do it as many times as they want. And I swear to God, like the the amount of men that just like won't even go so far as to put a condom on, if th- that's where it's like that's like they're trying to do birth control, but are are they gonna take it? Like res- like respectfully, would they take it? Would they be a- would they commit themselves to it? Because the reality is, is that YouTube video again showed us that they're not willing to commit themselves to even taking a TikTok every single well, day. Well, that's the thing. When you ask, like, let's say if you ask whether your boyfriend or whoever you're with and or male friends, they'll tell you they're like, no, I don't want to take that. And you go, well, why? Oh, side effects. Oh, I'm not taking that every day. That's a commitment. But you take vitamins every day. So let's just work all. It's basically let's work together to make something that's healthy, like some form of a medication out there that's healthy than what we have out now. Yes, we have so many options as women and i'm sure there's somebody out there that's going to be like well you guys are complaining you have so many options because right now there's over i think like 12 or 16 options that women have but then all of them come with some form of side effects um and some yes it may work for whoever it is but then most times it's just like it's not working so let's all come together to make something healthier it's a team effort and i i will just like I remember when I opened up because they give you a little booklet when you get your ID they give you a booklet of what type you have and like when Mm -hmm. you have to come back for it and it's basically like all the drug facts xyz and I will never forget the shock and dismay when I'm in my mom's car driving home and I'm reading it and it says honestly we're really not sure how Skyla prevents pregnancy we just know that it does and I was like wow this is in my body. Like, and that was like a moment I had like an oh shit moment in the car where I was like, they don't know. What do you mean? You don't know how it works. If you don't know how it works, you don't know what it does to your fucking body. Mm-hmm. And so scary. Like, that is, I know that's, it's a daunting thing. So I think that if it's like, they can work out, I think that they should have to tell you how it works. Number one, Yeah. number one. And number two, where it's like, and it, it worries me. It brings me fear because until they can work out all the work out all the shit, I feel like they're like trying to work make a perfect birth control for for women and then trying to like replicate it for a man. So they're like putting all the because I don't get why can't you do like a shot? Why can't a guy yeah. just put a patch on for a couple of hours and it like I don't know like the sperm are sleeping? I don't. I not. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't think sperm sleep, but I think that it's like we have come so far, and I, we've shown as a country that when we want to do something, we will. Yeah. And we, we and we will put a lot of money and power behind it. And until we see that like drive to really even just it starts, I think like uh, like the little things is like changing the narrative, but the big things are like doing that like big push, investing the time, investing the money, and. Um, and like what people want, like, how do you want to prevent pregnancy? Like mm-hmm. I had a, the first time my gynecologist asked it to me like that. I was like, oh, I like have a choice. Not like, are you on birth control? Which birth control are you taking? I'm going to shame you for not taking birth control. It was like, how do you want to choose to prevent pregnancy? What route do you want to take? Yeah. I think that it's like, 
hard to maybe do and like a like uh you're at the bar with a guy like how do you want from pregnancy you want from pregnancy like but i think that if it's like just something that's like more readily talked about and more mm -hmm. like it's not a taboo subject like the way that it was like i don't remember the name of the specific act or like talking about sex and like preventing pregnancy was a big no-go it was a no 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 oh we the, still yeah the com the comstock act that was the like comstock back act. in the 1800s yeah the 1800s but we still have like we still have some of some that of that mindset. because it's like a hush situation like oh it's a no, hush hush and, you know like ooh, like don't talk about that like don't ooh, like don't ooh, like don't like oh you have to hide your birth control you got to put it in this pouch because nobody yeah. can wear on birth control like when women are more i think that the best thing and i love it i love to see a woman like step into their power right mm -hmm. i think that the more that we talk about it and the more that we continue to kind of just be like no like this is effed up like we need to work something out right yeah. And the more that we create spaces and we educate our like girls and we like talk to them and we talk to young boys and we talk to young men. I because I think that that's where it really, really starts, because I think that it's going to take this country fucking forever to catch up. I think that, you know, like you have Ted Cruz who's like, oh, look, I don't want people, women to be on birth control. And it's like, I don't care what you want, Ted. I don't care. The respectfully. I And so I think that. Nobody's a, like a woman in this specific thing. A woman's opinion matters a little bit more. I will say men need to stop taking that as like a the biggest blow. And I mean that in the way of like, why do you think you have a say? Do you think that you have control just because you slept with this person? You think that they have, you have control over their body and what they do with it. Cause they consented to having sex one time. They didn't consent to you controlling their decision and everything after that you could say the same thing about what you could say the same thing in that way but i think that when it comes to pregnancy birth control like you're not the one that has to actually go through it and until men are put into a space where they would actually have to go through something like that like taking birth control i don't think they're ever going to get it i think that and that's it's like a hard thing like I it, but I think it's in it's this topic and just kind of talking about how like women are never going to be given control over the narrative we have to fucking take it because I think about like in just in general not to get on like a fucking soapbox like think about every time a man has fucking spoken over you because hmm. their opinion in that moment mattered more or a man like waved you off or like whatever you have to, like e these everyday interactions that we have play into these huge 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 like public health issues yeah men like i walk into a room i walk into an urgent care whatever i'm like seen as a child first of all they're like oh hi sweetie like, how old are you i'm like 28 mm -hmm. um but you know, a man will walk right in front of you. It's like, oh, hello, sir. How are you doing? And like, they're, they're, you know, they'll manage the patient. Like, oh, you've been waiting for like 20 minutes. I've been sitting here for an hour, though, sir. Like, these, all these little things that happen where like men just feel entitled. And I know that that's, again, like, I'm not bashing men. I'm not doing that, but they do. There is an entitlement. There is the, and I said mm. this in the last, I said this in the last time I was talking with you. There is the privilege of just being like, um, there's privilege like white privilege and there's like fucking white male privilege there is the privilege of well, being a man yes 
Yeah, I I think overall it's more so again, like you said, how we're educated, how both sexes are educated on this, and just the approach where it's simply put on us women. It's it, it this needs to stop, and I feel like we just need at the end of the day we just need more men allies to just basically yeah. say, hey, this is an issue, or even if they were out there asking like hey can we have a pill for us or can we have some type of other methods for us besides a vasectomy or using a condom you know which most men they're probably not they're not okay with having a vasectomy or you know as you mentioned too the condoms it's just like oh they don't even want to put that on they won't even put a condom on (laughs) and i think that yeah like having men who are willing to even like like step up have the conversation be a part of the conversation ask to kind of have like have a share have some stake in the game mm-hmm. I think that those like when you're thinking about like change it's never gonna happen you're not gonna see it in a day-to-day you're planting seeds like so you're planting seeds so every time like a man wants to speak up and be like no like, he thinks that men should take birth control that's at it's planting a seed, right? Yeah. Because maybe they're saying it to somebody because it, sometimes it's the mouth that it comes from. If a man says it to another man, they're like, "It's the best idea ever. Let's do it right now." Yeah, like, oh my god. But and it, planting seeds and really just being so so different about sex ed and health education than than it was when we were going to school. Yeah. I like truthfully, honestly, because. It should be so much more than about sex. It should be about consent. It should be about like just relationships in general and how they like how the the choices that you make when you're 16, 17, when you really don't know any better yeah. can impact you forever. And that's not to do don't do it from a fucking shame perspective. Don't do it in this way of like if you if this happens to you, like it's don't that's bad do it in a way where it's like things are gonna happen you're gonna have hard relationships in life here's how you navigate them or here's where you can go and here's what you can do and like this is what live like living with a decision like that kind of looks like like I feel like it's so rooted in this like like it's like a set it's it's just sex right like it's just like sex like people are just having sex and like oh we're a morally devout country and like nobody wants to be married anymore and everyone just wants to like the flavors of the week and it's like we have to change with the times we're not living in the same it's not we're not it's not 20 years ago we have to be thinking about what we want to see 20 years in the fucking future and like some of these changes we may not see in our lifetime i mean maybe i'm hoping we will see now birth control i hope so too but some of these other bigger changes like just in general um we won't see in our lifetime but that doesn't mean that we can't be a part of it now because if you're only a part of a movement or a, a cause or whatever it is because you want to you you want to see that immediate change and you want to see it happen overnight you're going to be disappointed you're gonna it's, it's just not it doesn't work out like that like you're you are a very very small part in a very 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 big big thing and like yes we do need people pushing from the front lines people that are on the field people who are having com- think about the way that you talk to your clients about this stuff right yeah. like if you have like a young when my my clients are predominantly boys okay they're predominantly boys and they are predominantly so silly when it comes to having conversations about sex and just talking about things and like just even being like hey 
so like that's like that is not a realistic expectation that you were placing on that young girl yeah thank you so much like even like that and again I'm now gonna tell all my clients to be like you guys should go to school tomorrow and you should talk about wanting male birth control <laughs> okay <laughs> but listen I, I <laughs> of course we can't tell our clients right, but you know but, but like, I think if you want just to have it. yeah I think it's just you know again just having the conversation <laughs> and putting the buzz out there where why aren't we having this conversation more yeah. often and um and hopefully after you know people hear this that it will put a buzz out there for them to be um you know encouraged to just speak to others about this and yeah. having it spoken in schools and wherever it is that you feel comfortable i guess having this conversation and, and you know having more men as our allies because i feel like yeah. a, lot, a lot of times we're just fighting these fights alone <laughs> but they're making the decisions for us they're making it's the like, decisions for us already. and when you when you look at like I think that, like, on a kind of end, like, when Roe versus Wade was overturned, right, like, all of these men were like, this is God, this is beautiful, I'm really happy about this. And the people who rallied together, the people who mourned together, the people who grieved this, like, complete loss of control of their body, all those protesters, all those people that were out in the streets, like, it was women, like, women band together every single time like and I think that that's like it sucks that we have to right like it sucks that we have to like go into that space and like like share that emotion and like we have to really be like we have to be our own care team and we have to really like take care of each other but I think that that's like the power in being a woman though is that like we no matter what is thrown out of us no matter what decision comes down the fucking pipe like we're always gonna like fight for it like we're, and we're still like, standing we're gonna st and we're standing yeah. and we're still gonna stay standing and the reality is just like we're gonna we are gonna do we're gonna take if you're not gonna give us control of our bodies we're gonna take control of our bodies and if you're not gonna be like be willing to compromise then i don't know what's gonna happen but you should they should compromise with us yeah they should Definitely. help us seriously <laughs> yeah but um you know I hope everyone, you know, will basically take something away from this conversation. Um, thank you, Nicole, for joining me this evening and having this conversation on why are we assuming that, you know, birth control or, um, you know, this whole process is a woman's responsibility. Men should get on this topic and or this bandwagon that we're on at this point Wait, jump on jump, jump on you know get out yeah exactly <laughs> so i thank you everyone for listening to the social action briefing podcast and we'll talk to you next time Bye. Woo.